Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Joseph Pena, Babylon Divine Pines, and this is another article that you might be interested in if you're wondering about time crystals and this our reality current day with these computer building behind the scenes. Well, look, this is an article for you. From Quanta Magazine, Eternal Change for No NG, a time crystal finally made real. Yes, you heard that right, folks. And crystal has been made. This was first theorized in 2012 and finally created around 2015-2016 from a few different agencies, which were actually competing. And what you see on the screen is the time crystal, um, per se, visualization. It says, like a perpetual motion machine, a time crystal forever cycles between states without consuming energy. Physicists claim to have built this new phase of matter inside a quantum computer. Now, this was um, partially built in Dresden in, for one of the teams. And if anyone knows anything about Dresden, they got the Dresden Codex there. And if they deciphered it, um, who knows why... <laughs> Why not say that this might have been part of the deciphering from ancient times? But, you know, that's just speculation. Let's go ahead and read this article. Furthermore, a time crystal flips back and forth. Researchers at Google, in collaboration with physicists at Stanford, Princeton, and other universities, say they have used Google's quantum computer to demonstrate a genuine time crystal. In addition, a separate research group claimed earlier this month to have created a time crystal and a diamond. Now, Google just made a quantum computer called Sycamore, which turned 10,000 years of work into 200 seconds. So take this for what it is and realize we are already living in a new speed. Um, You know, when that last president, I'm not taking any sides, when that last president said something about warp speed, you know, I think it was kind of referencing to a whole genre of newer technologies you know like i did mention that fusion technology which is very similar to this now let's go ahead and go on a novel phase of matter that physicists have tried to realize for many years a time crystal is an object whose parts move in a regular repeating cycle sustaining this constant change without burning any energy the consequence is amazing you evade the second law of thermodynamics says Roderick Mosner, director of Max Planck Institute of Physics on the Google paper. That's the law that says disorder always increases. Time crystals are also the first objects to spontaneously break time translation symmetry. The usual rule that a stable object will remain the same throughout time. A time crystal is both stable and ever-changing with special moments that come at periodical intervals in time. The time crystal is a new category of phase of matter, expanding the definition of what phase is. All other known phases, like water or ice, are in thermal equilibrium. Their constituent atoms have settled into the state with the lowest energy permitted by the ambient temperature, and their properties don't change with time. The time crystal is the first out of the equilibrium phase. It has order and perfect stability despite being in an excited and evolving state. This is just completely new and exciting space we're working in now, says Vedika Kemani, a condensed matter physicist now at Stanford who co-discovered this novel phase while she was a graduate student with Google. Kemani 
Mosner, Shivaji Sandi of Princeton, and Achilles Lazarid of Loughborough University in the United Kingdom discovered the possibility of the phase and described its key properties in 2015. A rival group of physicists led by Chiton Nayak of Microsoft Station Q and the University of California, Santa Barbara, identified it as a time crystal soon after. So, hear that. Microsoft is rivaling Princeton and these guys. That's big news. It's this billion dollar marketing. If anybody even cares. Hey, all right. Researchers have raced to create a time crystal over the past five years, but previous demos through successful on their own terms have failed to satisfy all the criteria needed to establish the time crystal's existence. There are good reasons to think that none of those experiments completely succeeded and a quantum computer like Google's would be particularly well-placed to do much better than those earlier experiments, said John Chalker, a condensed matter physicist at the University of Oxford who wasn't involved in the new work. Google's quantum computing team made headlines in 2019 when they performed the first ever computation that ordinary computers were thought to be able to do in a practical amount of time, which I had mentioned earlier. Yet that task was contrived to show a speed up and was no inherent interest. Hmm, okay. The new time crystal demo marks one of the first times a quantum computer has found a gainful employment. It's a fantastic use of Google's processor with yesterday's preprint, which has been submitted for publication and other recent results. Researchers have fulfilled the original hope of quantum computers to move at time speed, light speed. Uh, okay. I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Um, the other side of this, not like, you know, just control our bodies, but they're also trying to do some other technological stuff for themselves. Some of these teams, maybe that's why they're rivaling though. Huh. In his 1982 paper proposing the devices, the physicist Richard Feynman argued that they could be used to simulate the particles of any imaginable quantum system. A time crystal exemplifies that vision. It's a quantum object that nature itself probably never creates, given its complex combination of delicate ingredients, imaginations, conjured the recipes stirred by nature's most baffling laws. Well, you know, I'm just going to go and say maybe in another planetary system dimension like galaxy and world that maybe uh but i do see what they're saying that it's rare for nature to make this it's not something that you're gonna find in a river hey is that a fish in a time crystal no dude like this uh you're probably gonna have to be like count saint germain and travel into uh theoretical other spaces of realms or you know enoch and travel to other worlds anyways imaginations contoured the recipe stirred by nature's most baffling laws and a possible idea resurrected an original notion of time crystal had a fatal flaw the nobel prize winning physicist frank wilson conceived the idea in 2012 while teaching a class about ordinary spatial crystals if you think about crystals in space it's a very natural thing to think about on classification of crystalline behavior in time he told the magazine not long after considered a diamond a crystalline phase of a clump of carbon atoms the clump is governed by the same equations everywhere in space yet it takes a form that has no periodic spatial variations with atoms position 
At lattice points, physicists says that it spontaneously breaks space translation symmetry. Only minimum energy equilibrium states spontaneously break spatial symmetries in this way. Wilkshek envisioned a multi-part object in equilibrium, much like a diamond, but this object breaks time translation symmetry. It undergoes periodic motion returning to its initial configuration at regular intervals. Wilkshek proposed time crystal was profoundly different from, say, a wall clock, an object that also undergoes periodic motion. Clock hands burn energy and stop when the battery runs out. A Wilkshekian time crystal requires no input and continues indefinitely since the system is in its ultra-stable equilibrium state. If it sounds implausible, it is really rare. After much thrill and controversy, a 2014 proof showed that Wilkchek's prescription feels like all the perpetual motion machines conceived throughout history. So, you know, like like I said, this was a trial and error thing. And, you know, um, I'm not saying this took thousands of years of trial and error. Like, you know, this was mm, uh, kind of brought through pretty quick, but there was stages to this and i'm sure you know maybe some were political and some maybe were theological and um archaeological from that dresden codex i i i think that maybe somewhere along the line there's certain places in the world that things are too much of a coincidence That year, researchers at Princeton were thinking about something else. Tamani and her doctoral advisor, Sandy, were studying many body localization and extension of Anderson localization, the Nobel Prize-winning 1958 discovery that an electron can get stuck in a place as if in a crevice in a rugged landscape. An electron is best pictured as a wave whose height in different places gives a probability of detecting the particle there. The wave naturally spreads out over time, but Philip Anderson discovered that randomness, such as presence of random defects in a crystal lattice, can cause the electron's wave to break up, destructively interfere with itself, and cancel out everywhere except in a small region the particle localizes. People thought for decades that interaction between multiple particles would destroy the interference conference effect. But in 2005, three physicists at Princeton and Columbia University showed that a one-dimensional chain of quantum particles can experience many body localization. That is, they all get stuck in a fixed state. This phenomenon would become the first ingredient of the time crystal. Imagine a row of particles, each with a magnetic orientation or spin that points up, down, or with some probability of both directions. Imagine that the first four spins initially point up, down, down, and up. The spins will quantum mechanically fluctuate and quickly align if they can, but random interference between them can cause the row of particles to get stuck in their particle configuration, unable to rearrange or settle into thermal equilibrium. They'll point up, down, down, and up indefinitely. Sondi and a collaborator had discovered that many body localized systems can exhibit a special kind of order which would become the second key ingredient of a time crystal. If you flip all the spins in the system, yielding down, up, up, and down in our example, you get another stable many body localized state. Man, is that the Konami code, dude? They, they were just like playing around and 
took the Konami code back to their work. Was like, hey, um, you know, I tried this at home. Work. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Recipe for a time crystal. A time crystal is a newly realized phase of matter in which particles move in a regular repeating cycle without burning any energy. The phase arises through a combination of three special ingredients. Now, check this out. This is mm, slide for slide what it is. Many body localization, a row of particles, each with a magnetic orientation or spin, will ordinarily settle into an arrangement with the lowest possible energy, but random interference can make the particles get stuck in a high energy configuration. The effect is called many body localization. And as you can see, down, up, down, up, up, down. Now next, eigenstate order. Many body localization systems can exhibit a special kind of order if you flip all the spins in the system you get another stable many body localized states down up up down flip from many body localized to also many body localized which goes now in reverse up down down up now periodic driver if you drive the system with a laser it will forever cycle between states without absorbing any energy from the laser it has formed a time crystal now remember they did create like a i'm 500 megawatt laser or something enough to burn uh i forgot how how hot uh burn a car burn a hole in, in earth something like that man they, they have it attached to space or something um they were they wanted to propose to the space station i think they had it done so Dude, they're playing with space lasers that look like they're from Gundam Wing and Transformers. Pretty powerful stuff now. Also, interesting about that is these ancient scriptures talk about space lasers. And, hey, dude, I think a lot of this technology we're using is archaeological finds from back in the day and we're just learning how to put a new power source in it like uranium to and oh you mean like all that stuff i'd explain in the operation green run video go check that out and if you want even a better clue yeah because you could probably fill me in um anyways man yeah let's go Go ahead and keep on going. In the fall of 2014, Kamani joined Sandy on sabbatical at the Max Planck Institute in Dresden. There, Molsoner and Lazarides specialize in so-called floquet systems, periodically driven systems such as a crystal that's being stimulated with a laser of a certain frequency. Now, anybody who's known me, I've been also talking about frequency weapons being used to, uh, per se, this you know defend ourselves from these hidden dimensions that Ephesians 6 verse 12 says um you know from these heavenly dimensions these hidden dimensions we got we got enemies out there and not everyone not all of them are enemies there's some friends out there per se you know angels god whichever you want to call it um but the enemies, we need to learn how to tackle them. And I think these frequency weapons are really something that are there. And, hey, you know, uh, 
who knows? Who knows if a time crystal can be used to to attack a or warp, you know, warp into a, an enemy base or be used as a grenade to like totally displace an enemy. Huh. Anyways, the laser's intensity or thus the strength of its effects on the system periodically varies. I mean Hopefully, though, this time crystal could be used to go back or in future in time, or who knows if it even works. Let's just hope for this being used in good. But knowing the military industrial complex, they're just using it for defense systems from these invaders and to target individuals. Most of their Lazarite, Sandy, and Kamani studied what happens when a Mani body localized system is periodically driven in this way. And by individuals, I mean like those billion-dollar death dealers. They found in calculations and simulations that when you take away localized chain of spins with a laser in a particular way, they'll flip back and forth, moving between two different many-body localized states in a repeating cycle forever without absorbing any net energy from the laser. They called their discovery a pi-spin glass phase, where the angle pi signifies a 180-degree flip. The group reported the concept of this new phase of matter, the first many body out of equilibrium phase ever identified in the 2015 preprint. But the words time crystal didn't appear anywhere in it. The authors added the term in an updated version in 2016 in physical review letters. Thanking a reviewer in the acknowledgments for making the connection between their pie spin glass phase and time crystals. Ooh, so... So, you know, um, dude, don't be afraid to speak out with your thoughts on how things connect. Because, look, these scientists don't have it all figured out. Like, they're human just like us. Sometimes, yeah, these dudes might be robot or alien like Elon Musk. But most of the time, 8 out of 10, they're human. And they need ideas. They could use the ideas from the rest of the world because we're all moving through this together. All our, our A lot of our past and history has been washed away from us. So we're kind of still understanding this quantum nature. Um a lot slower than our ancestors did and uh you know their their theories aren't going to evolve as fast if we're not speaking out and because i know i have definitely you know reached out on twitter and put some connections together with people and have done that on instagram and have done that in the past with facebook and dude i've been at this for a long time and i'm finally using you know my voice to hey just uh be a helper to humanity, I guess, and let people evolve and understand this nature that we live in a bit better. And, you know, hopefully get some voices speaking out and commenting, saying, hey, I, you know, this is what I'm connecting it with. Because that way we all can evolve together. And maybe we can put that on Twitter and reach out to one of these, you know, Dr. Wilk checks and say, yeah, this sounds like this and that. Hey, who knows? That's just foregoing of the future and possibilities of in any way possible. Let's go ahead and make things happen. We just have to speak out of on these good ideas and uniting these blueprints in our mind and that we're still discovering about reality. All right, let's go ahead. This kind of time crystal circumvents the failure of Wilkshire's original idea, but never professing in a thermal equilibrium because 
It's a many-body localized system. It's been our other parts are unable to settle into equilibrium. They're stuck where they are, but the system doesn't heat up either, despite being pumped by a laser or other driver. Instead, it cycles back and forth indefinitely between localized states. Mm, might have heard that. Already the law, the laser ha will have broken the symmetry between all moments in time for the row of spins, imposing instead discrete time translation symmetry. That is, identical conditions only after each periodic cycle of the laser but then through its back and forth flips the row of spins further breaks the discrete time translation symmetry imposed by the laser since its own periodic cycles are multiples of the laser kimani and co-authors had characterized this phase in the detail but nyack's group couched it in the language of time symmetry and spontaneous symmetry breaking all fundamental concepts in physics as well as offering sexier terminology they provided new facets of understanding but they slightly generalized the notion of a floquette time crystal beyond a pie spinning glass noting that the certain symmetry it has hasn't been needed. Their paper was published in Physical Review Letters in August 2016, two months after Kamani and company published their theoretical discovery of the first example of the phase. Both groups claim to have discovered the idea. Since then, the rival researchers and others have raced to create a time crystal in reality. Um, so I'm, you know, there, there, there were this, this was a, uh, I think like a year ago. So, who, who knows? Like, probably by now, they already have it, like already mass produced in into their computers and into the SpaceX and oh wait, SpaceX? No, SpaceX definitely doesn't got this. SpaceX is probably another rival. They need this. <laughs> Yo, hey man. I'm not going to go on SpaceX, but I'm just going to say when you start playing around with human reality and like start trying to deceive humans and put neural link chips in them to control them, what do you think? Like, man, reality's going to play back with you. You're, you're trying too hard. Man, that's, that's messed up. Anyways, last month, the group reported in science that they turned the trapped ions into an approximate or pre-thermal time crystal. Oh, yeah, so they did. They didn't make it. It's cyclical variations in this case. Ions jumping between two states are practically indistinguishable from those of a genuine time crystal. But unlike a diamond, this pre-thermal time crystal is not forever. If the experiment ramp were long enough, the system would gradually equilibrate and the cyclical behavior would break down. Kimani, Sandy, most and collaborators hitched their wagon elsewhere. In 2019, Google announced that its sick computer had completed a task in 200 seconds that would take a conventional computer 10,000 years. Other researchers would later describe a way to greatly speed the ordinary computer's calculation. In reading the announcement paper, Mosner said and his colleagues realized the Sycamore processor contains as its fundamental building blocks exactly the things we need to realize the Floquet time crystal. Serendipitously, Sycamore's developers were also looking for something to do with their machine, which is too error-prone to run the cryptography and search algorithms designed for full-fledged quantum computers. When Kamani and colleagues reached out to Kostya Kedaksi, a theorist at Google, he and his team quickly agreed to collaborate on the time crystal project. My work not only with discrete time crystal, but other projects is to try and use our processor as a scientific tool to study new physics or chemistry. Kegdoxy said. 
Now, this is a, a video. Quantum computers aren't the next generation of supercomputers. There's something else entirely. Before we can even begin to talk about their potential applications, we need to understand the fundamental physics that drives the theory of quantum computing. Hey, I'm gonna press this, I'm gonna press play. And let this play. Inside this refrigerator, at a temperature Here. just inside inside this refrigerator, zero. at a temperature just Here. above absolute zero, isolated from the rest. If you believe the hype, this nascent technology embodies the promise the of the future and has the revolutionize our lives to revolutionize our lives with its turbocharged computation. But quantum computers but quantum aren't the next generation. The next generation of supercomputers. Something else entirely. Something else entirely. And before we can and even begin to talk about their potential applications, we need to understand the fundamental physics that drives the theory of quantum computing. We'll need to dive into another dimension. Smaller, smaller and more, and more alien, alien than, than anything, anything we intuitively understand. understand. The subatomic sub world of quantum mechanics. In the 1980s, one of the most important physicists of the 20th century encountered a major roadblock. Richard Feynman was hungry for a window into the quantum universe. But quantum systems, by nature, are fragile, and the information they hold hides from us. Because, because Feynman, Feynman couldn't directly observe quantum events, events he, wanted he wanted to design a simulation. It quickly, it quickly became clear that his computer, computer wasn't up to the task. As he added, as he added particles, particles to the quantum, quantum systems, systems he was modeling, he was modeling the, cost the cost of computation, of computation began, to began to rise exponentially. exponentially. Feynman concluded that classical computers just can't scale up fast enough to keep pace with the growing complexity of quantum calculations. Then he had a breakthrough. What if you could, could design a tool, a tool made up of quantum, made up of elements, quantum itself? elements itself? This instrument, this instrument would, operate would operate according to the according laws of quantum physics, physics making, making it the perfect way to probe the mysteries of the quantum realm. realm. The, the idea of the quantum computer was born, and by dreaming it up, Feynman had started to build a bridge between quantum physics and computer science. To understand how quantum how quantum computing works, it's essential to start by understanding what makes it what makes a quantum in the first place. This means that we need to talk about what's at the heart of quantum physics, a concept called amplitudes. Quantum mechanics at its core is a change to
be rules of probability. And this is also where the power of quantum computing comes from, from this different, from these different rules of probability. Classical probability of an event, say a coin landing tails exactly 10 times out of 20, you add up the probabilities of all the different ways that event could happen. That's just common sense. But common sense doesn't govern the quantum universe. Before you measure a subatomic particle, you can think about it as a wave system with many different chances of being in many different places. Amplitudes are closely related to probabilities, but they're not always a number from zero to one. Amplitudes are complex numbers, and what this means is that they obey different rules. If I want to know the total amplitude for something that it could have happened, but when I add up amplitudes, I see something new, which is that a particle might reach a certain place one way with a positive amplitude and another way with a negative amplitude. And if that happens, then those two amplitudes can cancel each other out so that the total amplitude would be zero. And that would mean that that thing would never happen at all. This is sort of the central thing that quantum mechanics says about the world, right? That the way that you describe a physical system is by a list of amplitudes. And the way that a physical system changes over time is by a linear transformation of these amplitudes. But how can quantum computers use amplitudes to store and manipulate information quantumly? This is a qubit. It's the basic computational unit in quantum computing. Qubits are like bits in a classical computer, but with a crucial difference. A bit is binary. It stores information in strings of binary digits that can only be zero or one. But qubits are made of subatomic particles, so they operate according to subatomic logic. Qubits can be zero, one, or what we call a linear combination of zero and one. This fluid combination of amplitudes is at the core of quantum computing. Before you measure a qubit, it exists in a state called superposition. You can think about it as a quantum version of a probability distribution, where each qubit has some amplitude for being zero, and some amplitude for being one. Superposition is the reason why it takes a vast number of classical bits to describe the quantum state of even a tiny number of particles. When two or more qubits are in this closed state of superposition, they relate to one another through the phenomenon of entanglement. This means that their final outcomes, when we measure them, are mathematically related. The key concept for understanding how quantum computing can be powerful compared to classical computing is what we call quantum entanglement. And that is the word we use for the characteristic correlations among parts of a quantum system, which are different from the correlations that we normally encounter in the classical world in ordinary experience. It is like a book. When you look at the pages one at a time, you don't see any information. You just see random gibberish. It's because the information isn't encoded in the individual pages, but in the correlations among them. And to read the book, you have to collectively observe many pages at once. It turns out, and this is part of what's so interesting, that if you want to describe very highly entangled states, using ordinary bits, it's extremely expensive. Imagine that you had a primitive 10-qubit computer. It could store 2 to the 10th power values in parallel. To describe this entangled configuration with a classical computer, you'd need 2 kilobytes, or 16 bits. Expand to a system with 500 and 10 qubits, and you now require 
classical bits than there are atoms in the known universe. This is exactly what Feynman meant when he said that classical computers weren't scalable for simulating quantum mechanics. For a quantum computer to be of any use, you need to measure information from the qubits to get an output. The problem is, when a quantum system is measured, it collapses into a classical state. If anything carries away information about whether that qubit is zero or one, so for example, if that information gets recorded in some radiation that's escaping from the quantum computer, then the effect on the qubit will be exactly as if someone had measured it. To extract an answer from the quantum system that isn't just a random outcome of probability, like the flip of a coin, we have to use interference. You can see interference when waves in a pool hit each other, and one wave is above the surface, and the other wave is below the surface, and they hit each other and they cancel each other. Interference is just what amplitudes do when you have if something can happen one way with an amplitude of a half and another way with an amplitude of minus a half, then the total amplitude for it to happen would be zero. This is what you do in the famous double slit experiment. You close one of the paths and then you see that now the thing that previously never happened uh, now can happen. This is a quantum algorithm. Scientists can harness interference by creating a deterministic sequence of qubit gates. These qubit gates cause the amplitudes to add up constructively. This means that they're mathematically guaranteed to boost the probability of seeing one of the right answers. You might ask, how could you possibly concentrate all this amplitude on the right answer when you yourself don't know in advance which answer is the right one? Well, you know, this is exactly why designing quantum algorithms is so difficult and why, uh, you know, we have a whole field that's been studying it for decades. Since 19, there have been a few major breakthroughs in quantum algorithms with theoretical applications in fields such as cybersecurity and search optimization. But according to most experts in the field, quantum computers are most likely to be useful for what they were born to do, when a curious physicist wondered about the deep structure of our world. I find quantum computing exciting as a way to explore physics. Now, whether that's going to uh, make anybody any money, uh, whether there will be practical applications in the near term, that's still very much an open question. But at least for physicists, it's an exciting time. The truth is, the most implication, I believe, of quantum computers is something that we don't know yet. I'm sure that once we have a quantum computer to play, we'll find amazing applications that we can't yet foresee. Okay, so what you see, technological device, uh, man, check out what a Vermana was supposedly looking like back in the day. I mean, there's thousands of records on that. And dude, that looks like a Vermana. So like I said, man, I think they're going to use this for their first ever Millennium Falcon or something along those lines whatever the star trek enterprise one was hey you know um that looked like a spaceship like because yeah it looked like a vermana 
just outright saying that quantum computing coexists of qubits, essentially controllable quantum particles, each of which can maintain two possible states labeled zero and one at the same time. When qubits interact, they can collectively double in an exponential number of simultaneous possibilities enable computing advances. So yeah, I'm going on. Google's qubits consist of superconducting aluminum strips. My, you know, they did say back in Roswell that uh, there was these very highly advanced aluminum particles, aluminum materials. It wasn't like your, uh, you know, normal aluminum that you could find. No, no, like this was like some superconducted stuff. And I think that they, look, man, I think that they finally was able to reverse tech, reverse engineer it and build it this is this is exactly it this uh, i mean like that's that's the way it seems to me and i will definitely go ahead and um involve some more articles about from the past on how these might be theoretical new technologies i will involve a lot of the archaeological discoveries and discoveries of downed ufos and how they might be this and that okay just keep listening like yeah man you know you know i got you go ahead post another month though about that once i get more research on that each has two possible energy states which can be programmed to represent spins pointing up or down for the demo kazekti and collaborators use a chip with 20 qubits to serve the time crystal Perhaps the main advantage of the machine over its competitors is its ability to tune the strengths of interaction between the qubits to change frequencies. This tunability is key to why the system could be become a time crystal. The programmers could randomize the qubits' interacting strengths, and this randomness creates destructive interference between them that allows the row of spins to achieve many-body localization. The qubits could lock into a set pattern of orientations rather than aligning the researchers gave the spin arbitrary initial configurations such as up, down, down, up, and so on, pumping the system with microwaves flipped up, pointing spins to down and vice versa by running tens of thousands of demos for each initial configuration and measuring the states of the qubits after different amounts of time in each run the researchers could observe the system of spins was flipping back and forth between too many body localized states the hallmark of a phase is extremely stability ice stays as ice even if the temperature fluctuates indeed the researchers found that microwave pulses only had to flip spins somewhere in the ballpark of 180 degrees but not exactly that much for the spins to return to their exact initial orientation after two pulses the little boats riding themselves like little boats riding themselves okay Furthermore, the spins never absorbed or dissipated net energy from the microwave laser, leaving the disorder of the system unchanged. On July 5th, a team based at Delft University of Technology in Netherlands reported that they built a Floquet time crystal, not in a quantum processor, but out of nuclear spins of carbon atoms in a diamond. So, yeah, these, these guys are building time crystals everywhere. The Delft system is smaller and more limited than the time crystal realized in Google's quantum processor. It's unclear whether a Floquet time crystal might have a practical use, but its stability seems promising to most of them. Something that as stable as this unusual and special thing has become useful. Oh, man, this made me realize, like, uh, all that talk about Project Bluebeam, this could also give them the technology to do this if it falls into the wrong hands. Let's hope not.
Well, the state might merely conceptually be useful. It's the first and simplest example out of the equilibrium phase, but the researchers suspect that the, such phases are physically possible. Nayak argues that the time crystal illuminates something profound about the nature of time. Normally in physics, he said, however much you treat time as being just another dimension, it's always kind of an outlier. Einstein made the best attempt at unification, weaving 3D space-time together with time into a four-dimensional fabric, space-time. But even his theory, undirectional time is unique. With time crystals, Nayak said, this is the first cake that I know of where all of a sudden... Time is just one of the gang. So these dudes are also playing around with CERN. And if these dudes put this on the CERN particle accelerators, uh, like, are they going to try to warp certain? They're going to they're gonna try to create a time time portal or something. That was what that was a game that I played, which is just freaking odd that I remember it right now. It was called Time Splitters. Very interesting game that I even played it because like there's billions of games, and I just happen to really love that one. Um, it was interesting. It was very interesting. Like as you can hear from the title of the game, you went through time and you tried. Saving humanity or something. With time crystals, I said, yep. Chalker argues, though, that time remains an outlier. Wilkcheck's time crystal would have been a true unification of time and space. He said, spatial crystals are in equilibrium and relatedly, they break continuous space translation symmetry. The discovery that in the case of time, only discrete time translation symmetry may be broken by time crystals puts a new angle on the distinction between time and space these discussions will continue driven by the possibility of exploration on quantum computers condensed matter physicists used to concern themselves with the phases of the natural world the focus moved from studying where nature gives us talker said to dreaming of exotic forms of matter that quantum mechanics allows so shout out to quantum magazine for this amazing article Hey, man, you guys have a wonderful night. And tell your friends about this. Like, hey, you know that thing about uh, the Marvel where they created Voltron from a time crystal, you know? Um, hint, hint. They were really working on it, dude. Like, we, not, we now know that homeboy Iron Man is really working on Iron Man stuff. Like, this stuff isn't a myth that they put in the movies, and now they're showing to us. Look at this. Look at that, man. That's beautiful, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, subscribe, share to your friends. Put this on your social media. See what happens, man. I mean, see what type of cool theories that your friends tell you about. Like, hey, yeah, this reminds me of Voltron. Hey, yep. All right. Peace out, brothers. Have a good night. Stay high. Stay blessed.